We've got Squarespace sponsoring today's episode of You Talking You Too to Me. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use offer code BONO. From boy to boots, get them on, that is. This is You Talking You Too to Me, the comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things You Too. I am your co-host, Scott Ackerman, and across the table from me is my co-host, Adam Scott, and together we are Adam Scott Ackerman. Thanks, Scott. This is Scott talking. Uh, I would like to start this program off with just saying uh, hello to everyone out there. I would also like to say hello to my family. I would also like to say hello to my friends and my fans and also to Bono, to The Edge, Mm -hmm. to I would like to say hello to Larry Mullen Jr. Mm -hmm. And I would like to say hello to Adam Clayton. Back to you, Scott. Hey, thanks, Scott. Uh, This is Scott talking, and uh, uh, welcome to the show. This is episode two, and uh, boy, that was exciting to hear Scott over here say hello to all those people. That was an exciting part of the show. Oh, there's one more. I would Mm -hmm. like to say hello to all the people out there listening to the podcast. <laughs> I believe you started out with them. Oh, did I? But yeah, but that's okay. Okay. Uh, but I'm glad you got your family in there. So they're number yeah. two to you. Oh, I would like to say hello to my family. Okay, yep. Covered them. Great, but fantastic. Did you want to say hello to your fans, though? I would. Li- yeah, sorry. Did I forget to? Yeah, okay. you may have forgotten. I would like to say hello to my fans. Yes, fantastic. Okay. How many fans would you say you have, Adam Scott? Hmm. Of um, Parks and Recreation, uh, of movies like Step Brothers, which I just recently rewatched, mm-hmm. and uh, fantastic stuff. I was uh, in that. What? Uh, Step Brothers. I had, a, I had a role in it. Which, a wait, which, which brother were you? I played, um, there, was, uh, there was John C. Riley. Okay. There was Will Ferrell. You haven't said hello to them, by the way. Hello, I would like to say hello to John C. Riley. Uh-huh. And I would like to say hello to Will Ferrell. God, I hope they're listening. Oh, well, even if they're not, I would just like to say hello okay. to them. So are you going to tip them off that you said hello to them through this podcast? Uh, yeah. Um, if you're listening, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, um, I would just like to uh, remind you to listen to the uh, the podcast, uh, <laughs> you talking you two to me. And I would also like to just say hello to you. You too, the band, of course. Uh, we got to say hello to them. You have Bono. Bono. <laughs> uh, the Edge. The Edge. Of course. Um, you have Larry Mullen, not senior, but junior. Junior. And uh, I would assume, I've never investigated this, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, I would assume that his father uh, is just Larry Mullen. Sure, that's usually how it works, yeah. Sure. Um, but but after he had a junior, he can then call himself a senior, I believe. Of course, but before junior is born, it's just Larry Mullen. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's a Larry Mullen the third? And if he ever introduces himself, wouldn't he have to say, I'm Larry Mullen the third? Huh. I knew, I grew up with my friend who was a third, and he was very proud of it. 
Huh. Did he have it on his, did he write, when he would write his name his at the top of his yeah. paper? Really? The Roman numeral three, right up there. It was Edward P. Barry. I remember it was EPB3 is what wow. we called him. It's like he's a sequel. Yeah. And usually by number three, Superman three, not so uh, good. No. Usually Superman by three, you got Richard Pryor in there. Yeah. And you got Ewoks. Who directed Superman three? Uh, probably Richard, Richard Lester. Lester. Uh, you ever work with Lester? Uh, never worked, worked with uh, Looking RL. for Lester? But I will say that he made some really good movies, mm-hmm. including Superman 2. He, he directed co-directed, a good portion of it. Yeah. Uh, he maybe didn't direct the good portion of it. But, yeah. Um, yeah, there's the Richard Donner cut. And, yeah, the Richard, well, you know, I mean, it's so hard to tell because so much of what I liked about Superman. By the way, this is a, a YouTube podcast and we're talking about <laughs> Superman 2 I'm just going to make a mental note to we should start a podcast on Superman 2. Okay, great. Yeah, we'll talk about both the differences between the Lester and Donner cut and then just the regular It'll Richard be Donner you cut. you talking Superman 2 to me. To me. me. <laughs> By the way, welcome to the show. This is, of course, Adam Scott is over here. I'm Scott Ackerman, host of Comedy Bang Bang, both the podcast and the TV show. This is the show where we talk... Uh, we just talk everything you two. We talk, um, like I said, it's a comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things you two. We're going to talk about everything to where you don't have to read anything else about you two. You don't have to listen to any other podcast. You, you don't will... even have to think about them. No. I, in fact, we would prefer you didn't after yeah. this. Just, you know, press stop and then never think about them ever again. Just, uh, just choose us on the old podcast app. Press play and, you know, no more worries, guys. <laughs> nope. We're going to cover it all. Yep. But um, I do have to talk about the name. You talking you two to me? Yeah. Several people have suggested that it should be you two talking you two to me because we are two people. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, we can't change We don't it. even know when this is going to come out, so we can no, we'll, well, with the we already we did. Want. We already did a whole episode where we say it over and over and over again. I know, but... I'm just thinking It would about, be weird if we change the title now. The first one comes out, and they're like, they're not saying the title right. I Yeah, you're right, but I, I also think that no one will notice or care. <laughs> you don't think anyone's <laughs> going to be listening to this? Well, I think, you know, maybe people will listen, but I don't think they'll care. I, I, I beg to differ. Okay. I, think I listened to the first episode uh, in between. We've taken a lengthy break in between uh-huh. recording. What, about three, three four weeks. years. Oh, Three, and three weeks, yeah. Of course. It was three weeks in addition to the three or four years. <laughs> yeah, that's which is how we say time. By the way, but you got to say weeks first, and then the number of years. Last time, well, that's the way I do it because I'm from Santa Cruz. Last <laughs> time we got together, um, no line on the horizon had just was, come out. Just come out. So it's yeah. like three, four years ago, and we loved it. But we'll get to that episode. Yeah. Let me just. Ex- I, I I can't wait to get to the. Uh, can I just throw yeah. something in here? I can't wait to get to the episode where we cover. Uh, Atomic how to, bomb. How to dismantle an atomic yeah, bomb? Yeah, I can't wait for that. That's going to be I a fiery a, exchange. I have a no pun intended a bombshell. Oh boy! Uh, with that record. Oh, here we go. Well, that's going to uh, let me explain just a little bit. Re-explain the premise. Yeah. Obviously, if this is your first episode you're listening to, go back and listen to number one because that yeah. was a, a, a treat to record. Uh, what we do here is we sit and we talk about the band U2. Adam Scott similarly voiced to I, reached out to me via email, which I think is a polite way to reach out to people. Sure. You, you type up an email on your computer, on your iPhone, mm-hmm. or your iPad, send it off to your buddy. <laughs> it's as easy as that. Yeah. And the, the buddy gets it, 
at some point instantaneously it's sometimes you know though it takes a little uh, bit of time well if there's you know. problems with your DSL or sure. your Wi-Fi yeah you know and sometimes they're not around a computer they're not around a phone oh sure I mean sometimes you're you're watching a movie you're taking a nap sure you're it, look there's all sorts of explanations uh, yeah for how, I was just gonna give what a, you might be doing I was just gonna give a couple of examples uh, okay. if you don't mind no I'd love to hear a few more though. taking a shower mm-hmm. making a sandwich mm-hmm. uh, putting your kids to bed mm-hmm. um Putting your kids to sleep. Putting your kids to drawing a picture of a penis. <laughs> sure, you may be doing that. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? I, yeah. I would love to know what percentage of our listeners are drawing a picture of a penis as they listen to this. I, I mean, here's the thing: is that I think that's it's always it's always safe to assume that it's like a healthy forty percent. Mm-hmm. I would love to see, by the way, the uh, some of your fan art from the first. Uh, episode. Thanks so much for uh, whoever made fan art. I'm assuming people did. We're taping this in advance mm-hmm. of the release of the first one, but I'm assuming there will be a lot of posters of Adam's face with the quote, this is good rock and roll uh, music. <laughs> <laughs> is that something that I said? Yeah, well, that was, we we encouraged people to uh, to, to make fan art. Right. I just don't remember saying Well, that, at one point you unironically said, this is right, high right, quality right. rock and roll <laughs> music. Because we, we were listening to to war. To war, and you just blurted this was that out. four years ago, so I'm just trying to remember. Sure, I just listened to it uh, three years ago, so it's a little sure. more fresh in my mind. Um, but, you know, it, it's just a couple days ago, I listened to war again, because mm. I was like, man, that was great. A good experience. It was but, high quality. But I, but I did, I put it on in the car, and I listened to it, and I was like, God, this is this is so good. In the last episode, let me just explain the premise. We go through phases uh, or periods, as we call them, of U2's career, and we talk about them chronologically. Yeah. And uh, uh, we're going to flip the script a little bit in this episode. I'll talk about it. But in our last episode, we talked about the early uh, phase of U2's career. We talked about the the records Boy, October War and also under a blood red sky, mm-hmm. we hit upon at at one point it, early in the show we had talked about how you two one of our favorite bands sure but inconsistent albums and we said yeah. they they do not have a perfect album yet and then we listened to every track from War yeah and I think we hit on their most consistent record although I will say that in preparation for this episode mm-hmm. I listened to Unforgettable Fire and Joshua Tree mm-hmm. and we'll I. get to it yep. But I think Joshua Tree is uh, maybe a perfect album as well. We'll, t- well. We definitely will talk about that. So we we hit, as we were listening to it, we just hit upon how much we liked War. Yeah, it's great. It's a, gr- it's a great record. You re-listened to it. Any thoughts since the last episode? Um, No. Great. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> All right. I, I feel well, like... Well, that's been our show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it, it, I, I was just kind of... I, the, the, the sense that they were like, all right, let's stop fucking around. We fucked around a lot yeah. during October. Like, it was all fucking around. Like, I mean, we could like, have called that record The Fuck Around Gang, Fucks Around, P.S. We Fucked Around. You could call that, that album one good song and then a bunch of fucking around. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and, they, and legally, they could not argue with it. No, no one could legally because a couple people d- have been trying to argue with that. And that's that's an interesting point that sense. we did not cover in the last episode is that when whatever you title a record legally has to be accurate to the record. Yeah. 
So, for instance, a lot of tri- by the way, through the episode, I'll be talking a lot about U two trivia, so that you never have to listen or read any magazine article about U two ever again. But uh, the the record October, they recorded it all within the month of October. Yeah, and War, mm-hmm. as you know, sure, you're pointing to me. Oh, I, but, th- I thought you were going to say what? Oh why no, it's but no, war. you go ahead. Oh, because sure. you, you started the sentence, and I'm not in the habit of interrupting. Well, War was recorded um, over a five-month period, which is one of the reasons it's much better. But all they ate during the recording of the album... Was raw fish, and they they put it backwards, because technically you can... Whatever you title the record, as long as it's frontwards or backwards, it has to be accurate. It was actually... There was a representative from the record company uh, dropping by Dublin to get... Um, the master tapes and he said what's the name of the album today's the deadline and the edge was the lads from Liverpool they were saying yeah well we well we we ate a a lot of raw fish well we did it raw fish and they had uh, raw written on a piece of paper and the edge was like ah this record company guy just get off my back and he was sitting in front of a mirror and he just Mm -hmm. held the piece of paper up he's like Mm-hmm. This That's, is it, yeah. And, and the, guy, the record guy, he's like trying. He can't see no. what the edge is doing. He looks. He in was the half blind. Yes, and the other half, not that great either. No. You know, he was like I mean? three quarters blind. Yeah, and looking at the the word raw in the mirror. In the mirror, boy. And you know the rest. Rock and roll history. Rock and roll history. Yeah. So uh, we're going to be dropping little pieces of trivia like that. The trivia bombs. Yeah, I like to call them trivia bombs as well. Yeah. Well, me too. I just called them that. Well, I like to do it is what I'm saying. Well, I just did. So Okay. Well, all right. Boy, we're, you know what? Hey, it's tough sitting across the table from this guy sometimes. No, 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 no. Okay. No, no, no break yet. We're just getting started. Okay. Okay. So this episode, we are going to talk about the unforgettable fire. Yeah. And we're going to talk about Joshua Tree, as well as Wide Awake in America, which is an EP they put out in between those two records. Sure. Uh, We were going to talk about Rattle and Hum, but we're going to save that for the next episode. I think Rattle and Hum, I think it belongs, it's part, because they tend to move in three three Mm -hmm. record movements. But I and I think Rattle and Hum is part of this movie. It is, but it ended up being its own its own albatross. thing because we got to talk about that in the next yeah. episode because it became a whole thing. So it's an entire episode dedicated to Rattle and Hum, possibly. Okay, okay. <laughs> we'll okay. see. We'll see what okay. happens. All right, but let's focus on today. This episode, we're going to talk about the Unforgettable Fire and about uh, the Joshua Tree, as well as Wide Awake in America and that whole period. We're going to talk about Live Aid, mm-hmm. the cover of Rolling Stone. Cover of Time. Cover of Time Magazine. Well, yeah, that's what I meant. Time Magazine. Oh, okay. And I then, thought you were just talking about Time. Itself. No, no one, no one's ever been on the cover of just like the, what the, the general sense of because I've heard a lot about. Hey, I made the cover of Time, and I yeah. assumed it was the cover of the concept of Time. No, that's impossible. Um, huh. Or maybe it is possible. I mean, if you really think about Time as sort of an abstract sure. concept, then one could cover it. You're really turning me around on this. Thank you so much. Um, and then also the Joshua Tree tour, which sort of took mm-hmm. over America. I mean, I remember it. It lasted for a long time. Yeah. Um, so we're going to get into it. And uh, uh, we're also going to just talk about our personal uh, relationship to this music. Yeah. So if you didn't hear the the first episode, we talked about how we started to like the band, uh, where we first heard them. Mm-hmm. Why we like them, and, and do you mind if I talk about uh, uh, what you said to me after we recorded the episode? And you know, if you're not okay with Get it, the we fuck can, out we of can... my face. <laughs> 
Can we talk about that? Because I thought it was weird that you showed up again to this. <laughs> yeah, sure, we could talk about that. If it's not okay to talk about what you said to me afterwards, we'll just we'll we'll hear a beep and then we'll just pick <laughs> right back up. Okay, what did I say? You said to me we were talking about, oh, it's great that we did this. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. Great. And you said to me that you needed someone to talk about this stuff with yeah. because your wife will not let you talk about you two anymore at home. Yeah. I think that, that it, is it, is it somewhat similar with Kulop? Is she like enough already with talking <laughs> about the 50 year old guys in the band? <laughs> no, Kulop listened to the first episode. She thought it was really fun. Okay. Okay. Uh, that said, there are certain things that she just does not care. Well, I, I will tell you two in particular yeah. that if a song ever comes up, she will make fun of me. No, three in particular. She will make fun of me endlessly. Uh-huh. The three bands are Scritty Politty. Okay. Prefab Sprout. Okay. And Pet Shop Boys. Okay. She, all three of those, if a song ever Why, comes- because you were really into those bands at one time? Well, look, I'm still into Scritty Politty. I think- Wait, you're still into Scritty Politty? <laughs> They're great. Okay. I'm into those records. Do they yeah. still exist? Well, technically, he put out a record okay, maybe okay. A, uh, three years ago. I went to go see him live at the Roxy, and I uh, got there early. I, I think the, the show was at 8. I got yeah. there at 8.10 because yeah. I was like, uh, this is going to be a mob scene. I want to make sure. This <laughs> yeah. is the first time he toured in 20 years. Sure. 30 maybe. Sure. I, I want to make sure that I'm close yeah. and I don't. I'm not sitting in the back. I got there. No one was there. No. And the Roxy holds 500 people, I yeah. believe. And uh, by the end of the night, there were maybe 300 there. Wow. Not a problem getting a bird's eye view of that. Wow. Was it, um, were you like, this is great. I got the best seat in the house. I, this is a great show. Or was it more just depressing? Uh, it, it was good. I, it was good to see him. Yeah. I, I love I love Cupid and Psyche 85 and Provision. I, the, I don't know what any those of that is. Are, I mean, I know they're one hit that was perfect a terrific way. song. Yeah, but. those two records are just flawless, I hmm. think. So, uh, by the way, you're listening to you talking you two to me, <laughs> and uh, we're talking about Scritti Politti. And, um, but no, uh, like, something about his voice, Kulak yeah. makes fun of me so much about because sure. he, because, uh, uh, he he started the latest record with a song called Boom Boom Bap, uh-huh. which is he's very into hip hop, uh, even though he doesn't necessarily do hip hop uh-huh. music. But he do, he has this gentle voice. If you don't, if you've never heard of Scritti Politti, go look him up. But he has this gentle, gentle, like almost girlish voice. Yeah, and he, the song starts with a boom boom bap, <laughs> and she will not stop making fun sure. of that band just because of like I was like hey this is one of my favorite bands yeah. new record let's yeah. listen to it a boom boom bap and it was done and she her. she'll she latches onto that and will she not latches onto that Pre- prefab sprout has a similar kind of voice she makes fun of that and then uh pet shop boys had three unfortunate songs uh, New York City Boy and uh, yeah. I'm with stupid and another song that are just like really dumb and obvious singles that I hate yeah. but once she heard those she was like well, I think it, uh, uh, if you don't mind me saying so uh, sure. Kulop's being a bit unfair she's being a bit of a bitch yeah uh, <laughs> Kulop stop being such a bitch hey Kulop if you're listening which hopefully you will be and I'll much like when we listen to episode one in the car together hey stop being such a bitch um, 
Because every band is going to have some shitty songs. Sure. And we'll talk about U2's shitty songs. Yeah, they have, they have a bunch of shitty but songs. But what is Naomi's deal with U2 and you? She, um, I think she would also listen to the podcast and and probably think it's funny and prefer it to me t- like <laughs> actually talking, talking about to her <laughs> about U2. <laughs> what are the conversations that you've had about U2? Yeah. I think that, hey, I mean, we've hun. been together a long time, so I think that by you know by the t- and I brought her to a couple U two shows and she thinks they're she, great but she yeah. doesn't want to sit around and talk about them. So are you ever like, hey, hun, what is your favorite U two record? No, it's more like <laughs> it's more like when that L A Times article came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh my god, I, and I and I was so excited about all this new information about, about the new record coming yes. out and yeah. I she was in the kitchen and I was sitting at the table and and you went oh my god yeah and I started and she said kind what? of telling her you know infor- like oh this is going to be great for the podcast because there's all this information <laughs> and she is fine I can just tell she doesn't give a shit <laughs> right you know I mean she's not an asshole about it but I can tell she does not care and then you said to me that. You you needed someone to talk to because you know you go on YouTube message boards mm-hmm. and read and the 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 idea of Adam Scott out there on YouTube message boards do you do you use an do you post do you use an alias I don't I just okay. read you read them There's that one have you do you, you lurk got, There's that website at YouTube I do not know it okay. but I'm, but I'll take your word for it I mean you have no reason to lie. No, I'm not. I am not lying. This is a real website. You can check it right now. You can check it on your. I'd prefer to hook you up to a lie detector on your smartphone. I don't have any of those things around me. So if I could just hook you up to this lie detector, there's a computer. No, this this is a lie detector. I'd love to hook you up to it. Oh, it looks like a lap. Looks like a MacBook. Bring your wrist over here if you would. Yeah. It's a website called at U2. Okay. It's a real website. Wow, you're you're kind of nervous here. Well, I'm nervous because I've never been on. Just try to try to calm your heart rate down if you could. Is your name Adam Scott? No. I mean, yes. Oh, man. I'm seeing the needle jump. What? Well, I said no. Yeah. Why are, why are you lying about your name? I'm be, I'm not lying about my name. Well, one of those is a lie. You said no, then yeah. No, I said no just because I was nervous about <sighs> the microphone. I'm not, You know what? I can't get a, a consistent reading if you're not going to give me a straight answer. Okay, fine. It's not a real website. <sighs> I could tell. I could tell. It was I know not you a real could, website. and you know I don't appreciate you, the lack of trust. You know what? I gotta hold your feet to the fire on this website thing because you're a guy. Look, you're. We talked about it last time. You're an actor. You're used to making shit up in your crazy head. Yeah, but I just wanted, I wanted the safety of uh, this fake website. Why would you make up a website? And Why talk would about you it? make up a hairstyle? Your famous <laughs> hairstyle that you that, that I you, need my haircut. Oh god! And so you have to make up oh, a style. Go, go into the barbershop. Let me have the Ackerman. It's like why? Why did you have to do that? Why well, did you? Have thankfully, to- so many people are getting them now that it's really. I know. How much money do you make per year on the on the hair? Just the hairstyle. Just from the hairstyle. Well, you know, I make whatever you tip the hairstylist. So keep those tips coming because I, you know, you get all hairstylist tips. Yeah, yeah. For even hairstyles that are not my own. Wow, in the whole country? Country, world. You get hair, uh, not a lot of tips outside the US, I, I got to say. Right. People kind of take haircuts for granted outside the US. By the way, you're listening to you talking you two to me. <laughs> um no, I go on that website because but 
once their new record is released, I usually stop just because you want to experience it on your own. Well, no, I just want to get all the information or know if like if there if something's leaked, I can mm-hmm. listen to that, and that's the only place where you get that information. Right. So you're out there reading the boards. You want to communicate with people. I don't really read the boards so much. I just read like the posts. Info. Like they have like a link to. An NME article or something. You should. When this comes out, you got to read the boards. You got to communicate with, with the fans. People want that from you. They want to talk you two to you. Right. And you know. Wait a second. Are you talking you two to me? <laughs> you two are talking you two to me. You two talking you two to me. See, I think <laughs> you talking you two to me works better. Well, you know what? We're we're never going to figure out the answer to that question. Because... So, are we going to get a picture of the taxi driver? thing or are we going to get a <laughs> well for analyze fish the podcast we took a pi- we put Harris and I's face yeah. over the analyze this poster yeah so it should be I guess uh, Robert De Niro on the taxi driver poster but both of our heads coming out of his neck or our faces on the rattle and hum cover okay yeah because that's just the two guys right? yeah 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 okay I'd like that I think why that's yeah why don't we do that all right if you're seeing this and we didn't do that what's wrong with us well Oh, wait a second. This is weird. You know what? I'm going to wait a second. Scott from the future just walked in the room. Hello! Scott, what are you doing? What's that weird see-through shirt you have on? Is that something that's popular in the future? Oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone wears see-through shirts just to show off your nips. Oh, that's crazy. So that's happening six months from now? Yeah, nips are really popular six months from now, and just people want to show them off. You know what I mean? Your nips look great. (laughs) Thanks, man. Hey, you know what? I'd love to see your nips. That's mainly the big reason why I came back. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll show you my nips anytime. What did we end up using for the uh, for the for the kind of main branding logo for you talking you two to me? You t- oh wait, you two talking you two to me? You two, you two. Oh, is that what we ended up calling it? Yeah, we ended oh, up calling shit. it that. Okay. Yeah, uh, we ended up using you know the Will Ferrell and Nicole Kidman Bewitched poster. Yeah, we just put our faces over that. Why would we do that? We were fucking high. Huh. We thought it was really funny. Well, that is an iconic poster. It is. But hey, let's put all that aside. Let me check out those nips. Oh, yeah. Is, is that sh- what they're doing why in the you, future? No, why does your shirt make that noise? That's your shirt. <laughs> oh, that, this shirt is from the past. <laughs> oh, okay. I got it. Hey, man. Checked them out. That's all I wanted to see. Okay. I am out of here. Bye, Scott, from the past. It's my past. Wait. Scott from the present. Uh-huh. Why didn't you even talk to Scott from the future? Aren't there things you want to know? Nah, I'm good. See you later, man. See you, man. Again, you're talking to... You're <laughs> you're talking to you talking you're, you're you talking to, you to, me? to me. Okay, uh, tell you what, we got to take a break. Yeah. When we come back, we're gonna get into the unforgettable fire. Mm-hmm. We got a lot to say about this, and we mm-hmm. hyped it a little bit on last the episode last. This may be one of our favorite U two records, and Your. maybe one of our least favorite U two records. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll come back. We'll take a break. We'll come back more from Scott and Scott. Uh, And this is you talking you two to me. This is good rock and roll uh, music. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Want to tell you about Squarespace. That's right, Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. They're sponsoring us today. 
Squarespace, what can I tell you about them? They have beautiful designs, constantly updated features, all the style options you need to create a website perfect for your needs and tastes. Plus, every Squarespace plan is now fully able to support commerce functionality. What does that mean? It means every single Squarespace customer can now begin selling products online. That's right. Get a little lettuce in your pocket. Start your free trial with no credit card required at squarespace.com. And look, if you decide to sign up for Squarespace, and I know you will, make sure to use the offer code BONO. You'll get 10% off and you'll let them know that you heard about them through this show. Squarespace, everything you need to create an exceptional website. All right, we're back. This is you you talk you talking you two to me? 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 Hey you two, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Famous movie quotes. Go. Uh, go. Here we go. By the way, we do, before we get into the Unforgettable Fire, we need to do a little section on the show called I Love Films. Mm-hmm. All right. This is I Love Films. Hi. And uh, hi, I'm Scott. I'm Scott. And let's talk about films. Scott, uh, what's your favorite um, famous movie quote? Famous movie quote. Well- you know, I got to make you an offer you can't refuse. Oh, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> that's from the Godfather films. Which, in my opinion, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but for me, that film, one of the best. Oh, one of the best movies ever, of all time. Probably of all time. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I don't care what anyone says, I think the first two Godfather movies are two of two the greatest of movies. Two examples of good movies, Great filmmaking, yeah. yeah. Another quote that I like is, Hey, Scarlet, call me if I give a damn. I think it's, um, uh, frankly, my dear, I just don't give a damn. Mm-hmm. Call me once you give a damn. No. Yeah. I mean, I think it's incorrect. I mean, generally, you're right, but I think it's... <laughs> you think the movie was incorrect? No. I When think... it said, frankly, Scarlet, give me a call. No. No, if you ever that, okay. The the thing is, is the movie didn't say that in the movie. Char- it got it wrong. Charlton Heston. It got says, the famous quote wrong. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Is that r- before or after he talked about prying something from someone's cold dead hands? Oh yeah, because this was all in the third Planet of the Apes. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. Exactly. It was after that. Mm-hmm. And before, get your damn hands, pry your cold dead hands off of me, you damn dirty apes! And, and frankly, all, Scarlet, as a footnote, I don't give a give a damn mm-hmm. if you do or not. Right? Yeah. Great. Great stuff. Well, this has been I love films. All right, great theme song for I love films. Yeah, hey, back to uh, the back YouTube to podcast. you talking you two to me. Um, by the way, Bono, if you're listening, we haven't heard from you yet. Hit us up, backstage passes. Uh, would just give us, you know, an hour, hour and a half of your time mm-hmm. to be on an episode. Um, would love to talk all things you two f- with you. I doubt you'll have anything to add to the conversation, but because we're covering it all. But uh, and maybe. 
maybe a couple U2 t-shirts thrown into the deal. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to argue with a free U2 t-shirt. Oh, no, I would never argue with that. Give, I, I'd prefer a large. If you need to figure out our sizes first, I prefer a large. What do you wear? Medium. Just a medium. Great. Yeah. I'm a little bit taller than Adam here. Mm-hmm. Three years older. We talked about that on mm-hmm. the last episode. I'm a little bit taller. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Hit me up with a large. Give a dog over here. Medium. Medium right there. Yep. You know what? Any U2 t-shirt is fine. Yeah. I'll take anything. I'll take anything from uh, from, uh, from boy to boots. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think that, um, I mean, I would prefer a vintage U2 t-shirt. I'm sure back in Dublin they have like a warehouse filled with old U2 t-shirts. Sure, sure. I would love, uh, you know, maybe something from... Uh, from the war tour. Sure. I would prefer a t-shirt that he actually wore that doesn't say U2 on it, because then yeah. I could wear it anywhere and not have to explain it. I would like a... Um, Just a Hanes white t-shirt that, a, that a, he's worn at yeah, some point. Or a like a, a Def Leppard t-shirt of Bono's yes. that he never wore, but he's had it in his drawer for and like 30 years. Never sweat on. No, no, and, no. And then he just presents it to you yeah. in a glass, like, framed. I would prefer, a, like, a glass case. Yeah. Like, a museum-quality okay. <laughs> glass case that I could then like a pl- break. When you say museum, you mean Planet Hollywood style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. So, Bono, hit us up with those. Um, if it's, I mean, if it's no trouble. But do it. Like, put a little effort in. Yeah, you know, we're... We're big fans, and we have this podcast devoted to you. T-shirts. It's not a big deal. <laughs> Look, just an hour and a half of your time. Throw a couple of T-shirts in. You can even throw them in at the end. Keep us in, in suspense. Museum quality g- glass case. <laughs> That's all we want. <laughs> all right, let's get to it, Scott. What do you say? This is Scott, by the way. Yeah, sorry. This is Scott. Let's do it. Let's listen. Let's start in Let's on- talk about the unforgettable... Fire. The unforgettable fire. The unforgettable fire. The unforgettable fire. The uh, unforgettable fire. Hey, you hey. talking you two to me? Hey, the unforgettable fire. <laughs> <laughs> you talking you two to me. Adam, by the way, Scott, this is Scott speaking. Scott, who, wh- what impressions do you do? People oh, want to know. Um, I do Robert Shaw. Mm-hmm. I do. I don't want to hear any of them, by the way. No, no, no. I do Yafet Kodo. Okay, great. From Homicide and uh, Midnight, Midnight Run. Run, of course. I do, <clears throat> Um, that's it. Mm. Okay, great. All right. Love to hear those on a different podcast, but not this one, because this is You, you Talking talk. You Too you to Me? You Too to Me. <laughs> midnight Run. We're on a midnight run. Do we need to open back up I Love Films again? Talk about Midnight Run? I mean, maybe. All right, let's open it back up. All right, this is I Love Films. I'm your co-host, Scott. Hi, this is Scott. Yep. I love films. I love films, too. Hey, you know what? It's a good thing we have this podcast hey, called I is. Love Films. Yeah. Here what we go. Films? Let's talk about Midnight Run. Huh? Oh, Midnight Run. Uh, Martin Brest mm-hmm. came out in 1988. Of uh, Gigli, director of Gigli. Director of Gigli, director of uh, Meet Joe Black. Mm-hmm. 
not a good director other than... No, he made some great movies. Well, he made Midnight Run and Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, that's all right. And Scent of a Woman. Scent of a Woman. Hey, you talking you two to me? Hey, there you go. Al Pacino. See? Uh Al Pacino right there. He's a big fan. Al Pacino. Uh, I would say he's made one good movie and a a pretty good one. Beverly Hills Cop is great. I think it's okay. It holds up very well. Does it? I'll check it out again. I love films. I love films. This has been I Love Films. All right. Good episode. Yeah, that was terrific. Good episode. All right. We're going to sell that separately, right? How much money do we make from doing this, by the way? We'll talk about that another time, okay. uh, uh, but it's not a small amount. Great. <laughs> Still, we could use those t-shirts. Yeah. By the way, have we asked? Have we thrown it out there that we would? We first of all, we want at least ninety minutes of. Time. I would say at least ninety minutes. We're we're gonna need a good ninety and a couple, like a couple fucking t-shirts wouldn't you hurt. Know, hey, Bono, two t-shirts. Yeah. I mean. Go hit up your merch guy. <laughs> Look, hey, just go over to the table. Go, hey, Bono, show him your ID. Yeah. I'm the singer in the fucking band. Look, yeah. Point at the shirt. You're probably on it. And just go, see, right. yeah, me, him, him, yeah. me, him, him. I got a couple of guys. Yeah. Can I just get two free ones? Yeah, these guys, they do a podcast, okay? Give me a fucking shirt. It's, it's a couple fucking t-shirts. Okay. And come back to us and be like, guys, I got your hookup with your t-shirts right here. Listen, I like the podcast, okay? Here, hey, here's a t-shirt. Is That's it going to kill me? Do. Is it going to kill me to oh, give them for so two free t-shirts? It's going to hurt anybody. It's just t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. T-shirts. They're the, the cheapest type of shirt. You go to the concert, you pay 40 bucks, you get the fucking t-shirt. We want it for free because yeah. we're doing the fucking yeah. podcast. Yeah, we have 40 bucks. Yeah, sure. Hey, listen. Look, we I'm, both have $40. I'm not going to lie. I would prefer the $40 maybe to spend on myself, on something that I would enjoy more than a U2 t-shirt. Yeah. And by the way, how about an advance of that uh, album? Hey, it's coming out. Yeah, we're not going to leak it. No. You know what I mean? Come on, you can trust us. Look, we're in the entertainment industry. We work in Hollywood. We get it. We we're anti piracy. We oh for sure. You know what I mean? For sure. Do you see that, Captain Phillips? Do we need to open it back up? Let's open it back up again. Okay. All right, this is I Love Films. This is your host, uh, Scott. Hi, this is Scott. I Love Films. And we're here to talk about Captain Phillips. And um, I thought it was pretty funny when you watch Captain Phillips, uh, the screener that we got. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty funny how they, they right before it, it's like, piracy hurts everybody. <laughs> and <then laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I, I didn't even think about that when I watched the screener. Well, that's what Captain Phillips is all about, is... is uh, Pirates. Pir- well, and movie pirates, technically. Yeah, They're, I mean, th- that's what those Captain guys Captain Phillips do, right? was carrying DVDs down in the hull. He was carrying, it was an entire freighter filled with copies of the A-Team movie. Because <laughs> the movie took place a few with years ago. With yeah, 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 of course, yeah. It just had so many copies of the A-Team movie. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was some good stuff. And those, those pirates are like, we want the fucking the A-Team movie. Hey, do you have the A-Team movie? Hey, give us an A-Team movie. <laughs> then they saw it, and they were like, A-plus team movie. Yeah. They did. That was one good of the stuff. best lines in the movie. <laughs> A-plus team movie. Yeah. Um, this is good stuff. All right, that's been I Love Films.
All right. Wow. Good episode. That was very good. Hey. Yeah. Um. Just like a rough estimate. How much money are we going to make from doing this podcast? I mean, we'll talk about it afterwards, but oh, yeah. it's not a small amount. Uh, okay. Right. Like but hey, you're talking you know what I mean, though? I mean, even though we make a lot of money, I could use some T-shirts. Hey, listen. T-shirts. 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 You know what? Even though, like I do pretty well, I would rather live the rest of my life never paying for another T-shirt. Not what, In fact, Bono... Pay for our T-shirts for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Not just you two T-shirts either. You know what I mean? Pay for it. Give us a year. Give us a lifetime supply of T-shirts, please. Here's the thing. I think that they they probably have some deal with a T-shirt company. Like we're probably. okay. We we have a tour coming up. Right. Look, the tour is going to be 18 months long. We're going to buy this many T-shirts from you. We're going to put our stuff on print. Dare our, I say they own a T-shirt company? Oh, well, maybe. Look, you know these mean? guys have been around for a while. They're uh, one of Look, the as far as I know, bands. ten years at least. Oh, you two, the uh-huh. band you two, the band you two, Scott. They've been around for like thirty-five years. No, uh, I don't think so. Look but it up. Still, look it up. At the same time, even if what Scott is saying is not true, it's not, it, it is. They've true. been around for ten years or so, and they they have to have a T-shirt company at some point. You know, hook us up. You don't have to sign it. Oh, you know what? I just looked it up. They do have a t-shirt company. It's called U T-shirts. U, of course it is. See, and that's smart. Diversify, baby. Branding, yes, and uh, distribution. That's all. It's, it's that's what two, it's all about. Two words. Two words. Branding and distribution. B and D. B and D. All right. You know what? We have to take another break. We didn't get to the unforgettable fires. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Got to take another break. When we come back, I promise you we will get to the unforgettable fire. We've been talking about a lot about you two. Look, we love films too, so. (laughs) Look, there may be another episode of that after the break or during the break. You know, I don't know. But uh, hey, we'll come back with you talking you two to me after this. Guys, you have to admit, Earwolf, the network we're on, they've got some great shows. Earwolf has opened its doors once again to one of my favorite shows, me personally, Scott Ackerman. Topics! That's right, Topics with longtime friends and creative comedic collaborators from the state, Michael Ian Black and Michael Showalter. Yeah! This is a funny show. This is one of my favorite shows. They joined Earwolf on February 11th. Topics tackle some of mankind's most difficult questions. What is the nature of love? Is time travel possible or ethical? As if the promise of the kings of comedy, Michael Ian Black and Showalter wasn't enough, the show will also have original music by Dan Deacon. Dan Deacon? That's crazy. You're going to love this show. Topics is on Earwolf now. Find out more at earwolf.com topics. All right, we're back with you talking you two to me. I'm here with, of course, <laughs> you're talking you two to me. He's doing the face. I love it. <laughs> I'm here with Scott. This is Scott. Hey, Scott. Hey, this Scott. Is Scott talking. This is Scott talking, and um, it's time. Let us not dilly nor dally any further. Let's okay. Th- yeah. Unforgettable fire is uh-huh. your favorite U2 record. Let's talk about it. First of all, let's hear a little bit. Of the titular song, The Unforgettable Fire. Here we go. Hear that fake count in? Stop. Stop. 
down. The thing, the courageous thing about this album, this is really the beginning of them. Hey, what? let's talk about it after we listen oh, to okay. a little bit of the song, all right? Sorry. Sorry, Scott. It's okay, Scott. Came out on October 1st, 1984. You know what they should have called this record? October 1st, 1984. Yeah, the date it came out. Because it came out on October 1st, 1984. No, yeah, no. Yeah. Came out Island Records, of course, their longtime label. They're going back to Island Records. Did you know that? That's pretty interesting. Thanks. Where have they been? Uh... They've been on, uh, let me look it up, Interscope, yeah, with Jimmy Iovine. Hey, go back to Island. Yeah. You know? Hey, how about, how about a couple of boat tickets so I can get back to the island? Yeah. How about a couple of t-shirts, too? A few years you know ago, I mean? when they went to Interscope, they were probably like, eh, get me off this island. <laughs> <laughs> Gilligan. You know what I'm saying? Um, all right. Came out October 1st, 1984, Island Records, format, LP, cassette, CD, and 8-track. CDs in 1984? Yep. You sure about that? Well, I mean, it, it's it's out on CD, I okay. think is what that All means. Right. Well, I don't know if it came out on... Your information. Well, no, you know what? I will say that No Line on the Horizon, it says download, and How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb says download, but the earlier ones do not. So I think this must have been the format that it came out at the time. I think CDs must have been around back then. Oh, you know what? You're right, because the very first CD ever uh, distributed was Billy Joel's 52nd Street. It came with the first CD players that were mm-hmm. made available. Mm-hmm. And then uh, because they weren't around for Billy Joel's previous album, 51st Street. Right. And then 53rd Street, of course, was on Of course. Everyone CD. had that, of course. It's a lot like uh, Billy Joel's 52nd Street was a lot like the Mario games of right. the Nintendo systems. Right. You know, it comes right with them. Uh, the first record to come out on CD of U2's was War. That's huh. the first one that has... Is that... Is the, the, uh, U2 has an album called War? Yeah, we talked about the last episode. Huh. I need to check that out. <laughs> so, The Unforgettable Fire, for me, this is yep. a, a good album. Again, I didn't discover U2 until Joshua Tree, but... So, at this I, point, you're you're a babe in the woods. You're living on top of the roller coaster in Santa Cruz. Yep. Or in Jason Patrick's butthole. Right. And... <laughs> I was burrowed up in that butthole. Um, <laughs> you don't know anything about U2 at this point. This record comes out. You you don't know. You you don't give a shit. Wait, I was 11 years old. Um, in 84. I, in 1984. I'm 14, by the way. Okay, oh, so you're at the prime out. age for this, like, Oh, I'm sound. ready for it. But the, the, the thing about this album that's really interesting is it's their first kind of dive into the idea of changing it up with every album, changing their sound completely. Let me read a quote uh, from uh, Bono here. Okay, so they they had just done War. They got pretty popular. Right. But not massively they popular. They got like Phil the Greek Theater popular. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Bono says... Uh, Really? Sorry. Did he say that? <laughs> he did. He said it. Um, okay. Bono says, first of all, they say um, uh, in the 10th issue of U2 Magazine, issued in February 1984. Are you still a subscriber to U2 Magazine, by the way? Uh, 
Of course, there's a U2 magazine. How, <laughs> I don't know I if I've never heard of this. I don't know if it still exists. But he hinted at changes were going to come. Uh, the band had recorded their first three albums with producer Steve Lillywhite, who we mm-hmm. talked about in the last episode. And rather than create the, quote, son of war, they sought experimentation. Both Lillywhite and the band agreed that it was time for a change of producers to not repeat the same formula. Okay, Steve Lillywhite yeah, agreed. I'm, sh- I'm yeah. sure he was really psyched about <laughs> He's that. Super psyched. You guys are about to get huge. Should I have why a job you, or not why have we a go job? Go our separate ways. Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, that's Bono just saying, "Steve, you're not gonna work on this new record," and him just going, "Steve and I had a great conversation." He really agreed with me. But again, they brought he, – he, but he did – he worked on all of their – like, he, didn't he do engineering on all of their albums? I don't know that he worked at all with them on the next ones. I don't think so. I think huh. Daniel Lenoir was the, the guy who did uh, well, he, the engineering on – because Eno and Daniel Lenoir came into the mix at this point. Right. Because Bono's sitting there going, okay, who should produce this record? Because he – I can't find the quote right now, but he says that he knew – that the world was ready for another band like The Who. Mm-hmm. And he knew that they could be that if they wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Now, how how weird is that to know that you could be the next The Who if you wanted to be? Like, who doesn't want to be? Well, it's interesting because he's he's kind of saying, like, we could have been The Who, but we decided to, to be, be The Beatles. Yeah, or, yeah. like, something, yeah. something that transcends. Yes. Yeah, because The Who is some people's favorite band of all time. Sure. Like, maybe Eddie Vedder's, possibly. Sure. or but, but somehow they're not The Beatles or The Stones. Well, no, they're not. I, 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 I like The Who a lot, but I think that there's a certain ceiling with The Who. Whereas, mm-hmm. you think of The Beatles or... Um, the Stones to a lesser degree, the but the, it's kind of like they're this limitless. Were you going to say The Who? <laughs> I did say The Who. <laughs> Do you think The Who are like one of the great bands? I never, you know what their problem is, I think, is they, they don't have consistent, really consistent records. No. Albums. You know, no. if they had better, like, if they had a Sgt. Pepper, like, you know, Tommy and, and Quadrophenia are, are great. But yeah. um, anyway, I don't know. This, You know what? We're not talking about the who. But it's interesting because they thought with war, we could be, if we keep going down this path, we could be the If we keep putting out records who. like the war, we could be the who. And right. people are ready for that. But they decided, and I think when they say they decided, Bono just decides yeah. things, right? Right. That's, it seems that way. I mean, every record I've read about, it's like Bono has an idea, mm-hmm. and then you hear the Edge didn't want to do it, and then had to be convinced. Right, right. So Bono basically just does whatever he wants. But Bono was like, "Look, I don't want to put out another War, another record like War, which, as we talked about the last episode, is very immediate, has great songs. Yeah. I want to do something more experimental, and they said a little more European. Mm-hmm. So who do they go to? They have." Uh, they were looking at the producer. They were looking at Jimmy Iovine. Don't know right. why they passed up on him because they seem to be buddies now. Uh, they were looking. Uh, well, he produced Rattle and Hum. Did he? Yeah. Oh, boy. Why are they still friends? <laughs> they uh, they considered approaching Connie Plank, whose previous credits included Can and Kraftwerk. That would have been huh. interesting. A little early for that. A little early for Stark that. Stark of a We'll turn. get to that period 
pretty soon in pretty the Pretty soon. They also thought about approaching Roxy Music producer Rhett Davies, but instead uh-huh. they go to a former Roxy Music band member, Brian Eno, yeah. uh, who The Edge had a long appreciation of his work, liked his ambient music. Yeah. Meanwhile, I think Bono likes his work with Talking Heads. He had done several Talking Heads. Sounds like they were looking for something lush. Like when you think of when I think of Roxy music, which I really like, I think mm-hmm. of lushness. I think what they were looking for just not to do rock music yeah. in the way that they did. So Eno takes a meeting with them. All right. I'm who knows where this meeting is at. Right. It's not here on Wikipedia, I'll tell you that much. Okay. I would like that kind of information because quite honestly, this is the comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of knowledge about you too. And I don't have that information at my you fingertips. Don't, you, you don't have footage of this meeting. I did not. I chased down some sources. No so, one would talk on the record. So Eno and Lanois were not a team at this point. Lanois is his engineer. Eno... So Lanois was his engineer with Roxy Music? I don't well, really no. know. Okay, Eno was a band member of Roxy Music. No, left, yeah. left after two records. Okay. So he was not there for the... He, he was the, the guy who basically did sound experiments. Right, he didn't right. play... He doesn't play instruments. So did he work with Lanois like on his solo records? Probably the Talking Heads maybe uh-huh. or something. I, I don't have that information either because it's not about U2. I know everything about U2, obviously. <laughs> if, I mean, if you want to talk about Lanois... Wait a second. Are you talking U2 to me? As a matter of fact, I am. Uh, he brought along Lanois saying, this is my engineer. He should do your record. Right. I don't want to do your record. He's not a fan. Okay. He's not a fan of you 2 He listens to them, goes, you know what? They're too obvious. I don't yeah. like it. Too on the nose. Too on the nose. Meanwhile, Bono, who we talked about it before. He's a 24-year-old guy. This came out in, in 1985 when he was 25, but he must be 24 when they start recording this. Right. He's a 24-year-old guy. He somehow changes Brian Eno's mind. Well, he's a very persuasive young man. He won't shut the fuck up, is right. I think what you're trying to say. Right. <laughs> and I think it, probably Brian Eno just found it easier to go, okay, Bono, whatever. Yeah. I'll do whatever you want. Uh, they agree to do it. Now, meanwhile, Lenoir, what he does in the partnership I'm reading is he does all the recording. Uh-huh. Eno sits around telling them what, what? he thinks about it. Right. That's his only really? job. That's really? really his only job is to go, well, you know, uh, I don't like it. Or, yeah, this is better. And uh, Lenoir handles all of the handles technical. Handles everything else. Interesting. And probably says, well, I has as equal a vote of like, yeah. well, I like this. I, I don't yeah. like this. From what I understand, Lenoir liked the straight ahead rock music and Brian Eno did not like those songs. So right. Pride in the Name of Love, I think, you know, not a fan. Right. Uh, Lenoir, that was his. Well, it's interesting because in their, in their later records, um, especially – I'm thinking of uh, No Line on the Horizon, which is the Eno Lanois collaboration again. Mm-hmm. In the credits, you can see sometimes Eno's not even involved, and it's yeah. just this one's Lanois. And they started kind of parsing out who worked on what, I rather s- than it just being Eno Lanois, which I thought was strange that they would specify who did what. I've heard that about Rick Rubin as well. Or you hear that about like Dr. Dre and some mm-hmm. producers how their their involvement is they'll come by to the sessions, sit right. on a couch for a half hour. Right. Lie down sometimes if that famous Rick Rubin <laughs> and well, listening heard Rick to Jay-Z. Rick Rubin produces from his house via satellite. Mm. I don't know if that's via Skype maybe. Maybe. You know, hey, there's all sorts of ways. Let's talk about the modern era for a Listen, little bit. Satellites, 
it, it's almost as if our lives wouldn't even function without the use of satellite technology. You know, you know what I like about email? Is like me. you type it up on your smartphone, on sure. your iPad, on your computer. Yeah. You send it off to a buddy. Yeah. Almost instantaneously it gets there. Boom. He has it. He has the info that you're trying to put across. Her. Buddy, you got my info. Want to grab lunch? What do you think mm-hmm. about this? Hey, did you see uh, Did you see her? What'd you think? Hey. Mm, I liked it a lot. Just this, send this send is the email a, back. That's an example of emails it's, going sorry. back. Yeah. Like you send an email. Did you see the movie Her? What did you think? Meanwhile, the other person gets that email, then writes one back, which is an important part of the email. It's not a one-way street when it comes it's to emails. It's super easy. You just hit reply, type in your response, whether you it You probably be, have to hit the space bar a few times in between words. Yeah, or just once. If it's a two-word email, well, then you just hit it Oh, once. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, you're I probably going to hit it a few times if, if you you're have, writing a longer email. If you email. have two words, you're going to hit the space bar once between those words. Otherwise, you're going to get an unusual-looking uh, email. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Hey, you know what? Hey, I'm not going to say you're right, but you're not wrong. Thank you. All right, here we go. So, you know, I think he's just kind of sitting around doing what he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently with Bowie, I think he'd worked with Bowie at this point. Yeah, on, he uh, did Berlin with him. <clears throat> or low, yeah, the low uh, heroes uh-huh. and possibly Lodger, I can't remember. Is there not a Bowie album called Berlin? There is not. It's his Berlin period. Uh, okay, so. where he recorded everything at Hansa. Am I right? Mm, hey, you know what? I'm not going to say you're right, but you're not wrong, unless you're wrong. Thanks. All right, buddy. Hey, hit me up with one of those emails we've been talking about, by the way. I would love to get one from you. I've been waiting. Um, So Eno's sitting around. He's he's telling people what he thinks. He's maybe holding up his cards. You've heard about his cards, right? No. He has a stack of cards that I believe he wrote himself. He he might sell them, by the way, now, um, that has just weird instructions and he pulls them at random holds it up and whatever it says the band then has to do while they're playing like what so there'll be like drop it down half a step uh-huh. some some of them are musical uh instructions mm-hmm. like all of a sudden go double speed and then some of them are like more like uh, esoteric esoteric put a sense of fun into it uh-huh. or, you know what I mean and then that's how he experiments does he have one with... that says show me your penis because <laughs> <laughs> I'd like one that says show me those nips so it sounds like you're you, you're it sounds like you think that Brian Eno is lazy or something or do you just think <clears throat> that I think he's more of a heady guy look I love everything that he's worked on me too I love his solo stuff too I love his solo stuff too like for a guy who does not uh, play instruments as far as I know like yeah. he's put out amazing records I'm just saying nice work if you can get it hey to stand in a room and just kind of share your thoughts and be probably a dick about it. You got to assume that he's. <laughs> Why would you assume that? Well, just anyone telling you what to do—that's a producer and a director's job. But I mean, you know what I mean? Is like yeah. basically to be like. But it sounds like at this point they wanted someone to come in and just mix up what they're doing. They wanted to, you know what? They wanted to put their influences into a blender. Yep. And just see what came out. Yeah. So. My thing about this album yeah. is that let's talk about because we have to talk about the unforgettable fire at yes. some point. <laughs> so this is your what, tell me why why it's your favorite. Okay, um, I said that is it, it was because it was. I'm going to tell you why it is. Okay, 
Is it because it was just at a you 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 truly kind of it blew your mind at the time, and you truly discovered this band? Let me tell you about about my experiences with this record. Okay, so it, com- it comes out October 1, 1984. You've said that four times. <laughs> okay, so uh, the first single is "Pride in the Name of Love." In yeah. my opinion, it's probably the best and maybe most quintessential U2 song. Okay. I would say it's my favorite U2 song. That version of it? The Any version of it. Okay. I, uh, the, the song, I can hear it a million times. I love it. It somehow is not pl- overplayed like some of their mm-hmm. singles are to me. Mm-hmm. I can hear it so many times. And if you hear it in concert, it's one of the greatest experiences. For sure. I love that song and yet it was as much of it it was a hit it's it's not a massive hit like with or without you that yeah. comes on in the elevators and stuff like yeah. that. I love that song okay so that's the first uh relation I have to the record is is that comes out uh the videos out all the time I talked a little bit on the last episode about how I was uh introduced to you two in the church oh uh, yeah I remembered watching this christian uh station in LA on the UHF channel mm-hmm. that had a Friday night videos. Oh yeah, where they would they would do. Uh, um, it was called Friday night videos. No, right? that's a totally different oh. thing. <laughs> it's not a Christian. Oh, that, that was NBC, the yeah. Christian version of Friday yes. night videos. And they would lead with this every week because it was massive. And this and U two is a Christian band supposedly. Okay, we don't you know we don't know if they still are, but. Uh, I think they may be going to hell. Is all I'm trying to say. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, in any case, that sounds so suspicious. I, of their faith. I personally, I think they've sinned at least once since they started being in the band. I don't know. Did maybe we talk half about, of once. Did we talk about who the members of the band are for this record? Bono. Okay, we got Bono. We got uh, on on uh, on the axe. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, the, AKA the, the guitar, string, the Git fiddle. We got the Edge. Ah, <laughs> the okay. Edge. And then uh, uh, bringing up the rear on uh, the rhythm section there on bass guitar and drums, we got Adam Clayton. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And, and then he's his father's son, the drummer. We got good old Drummy. What's his? What's uh, drummer? Dr- drummer. Jerry. Jerry. Oh four. Jerry oh four. That. That's. Jerry. That sounds right to me. That sounds pretty accurate to me. So you got these guys. They're they're doing <laughs> okay. So you, this, I hear the single. The single. I'm I'm already a casual fan. I don't own any of their records. So you I'm didn't a, have I'm, more. I'm, I'm a 15 year old boy. Look, I'm a little boy. <laughs> when you were 15, you were only two feet tall, which is so weird. <laughs> Look, I'm a little boy. Yeah. Okay, what do I know of records? Hi, my name is Scott. <laughs> you know, uh, look, yeah, I bought the Footloose single. It's a 45. Yeah. What am I doing with a 12-inch record? I it's too you, big. You can't I can't even hold carry it. it. I can't even carry it home. So I'm a little boy. <laughs> but this record comes out uh, Christmas Day, 1985. I'm a sophomore in high school. I thought it came out in 84. It's Oh, no, 85. 84, sorry. Christmas Day, 1984. Look, I'm, as far as I'm concerned, I'm a 14. Wait, I thought War came out in 84. No, no, sorry. This came out, uh, Unforgettable Fire came out October 1, 1984. Okay, okay. War was 83. Okay, I'm a 14-year-old boy. Even worse. Yeah. All right? This record's as big as me. I'm walking down the street on Christmas Day. This old man up above me 
leans out and says, you there, boy, do you know the Unforgettable Fire U2 album? And I said, the one as big as me? And the rest is history. Wow. That's an incredible (laughs) story. (laughs) But I did, someone gave me a gift certificate for where? The warehouse. That's right. Seriously? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's why I said it. Someone gave me a gift certificate for the warehouse. That place sucked. Remember that shitty record store? I spent so much time there. Me too. Growing up. Because it's the only thing around. I mean, yeah. what's worse, Sam Goody or The Warehouse? Sam Goody's worse. Goody got it, though. You got to admit Goody that. got it. Yeah. There's still Sam Goody's. <laughs> I really want to chime in. <laughs> oh, who's this? Hey, who is this? Someone just came in the room here. Wait a minute. Who's this? Wasn't it called Sound Warehouse? No. You're talking about the third place. You can't just come in. Say we're talking about zebras and lions. Say, you can't just go, wasn't that called a turtle? No, you're talking about a third thing. I've never heard of the warehouse. You guys are fucking old. Listen, I'm Harris Whittles. Hey, Harris Whittles. I, maybe How do you guys not know Coast. the drummer of U2? You guys are just like two dudes that kind of like this band that you're talking. You're like, let's, what let's, are kinda, you let's just talk about? about this band. Like, I, I know fucking Harris, who obviously just came in. <laughs> Head full of steam. Look, Harris, you're going to be on the next episode. Oh. You're not on this I'm one. not even here right now. You're not even no. here. Wait, what's the ghost of Harris Whittles doing in here? <laughs> Harris, do you want to hang out and talk about the rest of the uh, the rest of the stuff with us? I, I didn't know what the layout was. That's okay. You came in the we're still we're still recording our previous episode. Harris, not to spoil it, is going to be with us for the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We, uh, by uh, the way, we have been recording this episode for an hour and 15 minutes. We just and started we just talking got about to the album, the first of the two albums. You know what I think we'll do? We'll finish out Unforgettable Fire for this episode, and then we'll talk about sure. uh, we'll talk about the, Joshua Tree and Rattle and Hum for the next episode. What Sounds else good. is there to talk about? You talk about Joshua Tree, you talk about his hat, and you get the fuck out. All right. Okay. I think we see where Harris is coming from. Let's talk a little bit about the Unforgettable Fire. Okay. okay? Because, first of all, the title. We're, we're dropping little pieces of, of U2 trivia uh, do you know what the title refers to? The Unforgettable Fire. Martin Luther King Jr. No, Lindsay Lohan's pubic hair. Oh wow! Because she's a she's a redhead. She's a fire crotch. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so that's a little piece of trivia that I didn't know. Um. So wait. So he, my thing about this album. Well, I haven't talked about what what I like about it. Oh yet. my god. Okay. Okay, so I I get it on Christmas Day. I don't know if the if the warehouse is even open. Did on Christmas an old Day. man really give it to you? <laughs> no, my a relative gave me okay, a gift okay. certificate. Oh, the right, to the warehouse and to where the warehouse. Uh, I sound warehouse called. Uh, no, oh, it's no, not. It's, it's not. not. The place. I'm not even here. I called up the warehouse because I don't know. At this point, I'm a 14 year old boy. I'm a little boy. I don't know how things work. <laughs> I called up the warehouse. I'm like, excuse me, are you open on Christmas Day? Yeah. I want. I got this. This. $10 gift certificate burning, burning a, a hole. hole in your pocket. What, oh. Fire crotch. Fire crotch, of course. It's burning a hole in <laughs> your pocket. By the way, I had red pubic hair that I just started to grow at this point. I'm thinking, this record is about me. So wait, It's about the 14, changes going on in my body. You hadn't purchased an album yet? Uh, no, I, 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 this can't be my first album. I'm sure I had a couple yeah. at the time. But it, it's a, at, at this point in my, I had sports. We talked about oh, Huey yeah, Lewis yeah. sports last time. 
Uh, but I, I think I'd gotten a lot of records through that uh, one penny for ten record deals, the Columbia Warehouse. Oh, yeah. I got in some of those. But this, I recall, is one of the first times I actually went out with my own money, even though this technically is not money and it's not my own since someone gave it to me. But all money is kind of given to you by other people. So I'm going to call it my own money. Okay. Went out, purchased. You don't have to follow every thought. <laughs> have you not heard the show before? I went out and bought this record on Christmas Day. By the way, they were open. Record stores? thank God. Were open on Christmas Day because, and I started to think- Because of gift certificates. That's what I'm saying. I used to do that. I used to go to the warehouse on Christmas Day with my gift certificate. Mm Mm-hmm. And you'd buy something with it. Yeah. Speaking of gift certificates, here's the thing about gift certificates. Can we, because we, Mm -hmm. we do have that- that money podcast as well, the one. Oh yeah, we should we should check in with that. Talking about money. Yeah. Okay. Here, let's let's do another episode of talking about money. Okay. Hey, we're here with talking about money uh, with uh, Mr. Money himself, Scott. Hey, 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 Scott here talking about money. Uh, we're talking about gift certificates and gift cards today. Hey, guys, if you ever get a gift card or a gift certificate, it acts just like cash. Just like cash for a specific place. But here's the thing, folks: use it, don't lose it. Uh, <laughs> and wise words. Spend it all in one place. Oh, Who's this guy? Hey, this guy. Hey, it's me, Small Change. Small Change. Hey, coming talking in, about money. Trying to head full of steam. Trying to <laughs> buzz kill the buzz kill. <laughs> Never mind the buzz kills. This has been talking about money with your host Scott and your partner up there in the bank, Scott. 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 Oh, good episode. That's not. That's that's one of our best. I think people. I think the thing about talking about money is that people need advice about money, how to spend it, how to save it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They do. Hey, it looks like I just got a uh, an email from a buddy. Oh yeah. Yeah, a buddy named Scott. Oh yeah. You sent me an email with a picture of myself that you Harris, just took. Y- you just stepped in here. We've been talking a little. We've been talking about a lot of stuff. One of the things we've been talking about is email. Email is it's so a pretty convenient. good system. This podcast couldn't be less about you too if you tried. <laughs> well, let's just cover so email just here a skip, little bit. How about we skip ahead a little bit? And because I know, like the walk home from the warehouse, <laughs> that's all that all happened. When you listen to it, are you getting more impatient because Harris is looking at us? Because this is the kind of stuff we talked there about is on an the last added episode. Pressure. We talked a lot about just how we heard the record. Yeah. Our, our, you know what I mean? Just because Harris is sitting here All judging right. us. What did you see on the walk home? <laughs> what What are your impressions now, though? Okay, when you listen I listened to, to it today. Yeah, it. I've long said it is my favorite U two record. Um, I listened to it today. I will say it is not as consistent as War. War. Right. Every song is great. Right. We talked about that on the last episode. Right. Their most consistent record, perhaps. I think on The Unforgettable Fire, there's 10 songs. I would say number eight and number nine, that's Indian Summer Sky and Elvis Presley in America, are terrible. Okay. I think those songs are garbage. Okay. It is a testament to how much I love songs one through seven and 10. I love those songs, and those are probably my favorite U2 songs on a record. That said, I can't call it 
a great record because it has two clunkers on it. Let's what put, am I to do? Let's put song number one on. All I right. say skip them. <laughs> How about, can we take a quick break? We need to take a or break? no, I'm just going to grab a water while you okay, I'll, figure I'm, out your stupid fucking what do, you, what do you mean? I literally just picked it up. <laughs> It's on here right now, and I just started the song. How How is that? All right, this is A Sort of Homecoming. This is track number one. Harris, are you getting this in your cans? It's low, but I'm hearing it. Well, turn up your fucking headphones. All right, this is the first track. This is the first song, A Sort of Homecoming. I Sort of. I love this song. I love the sound of this record. I love the atmosphere. I love... Yeah, this is a, a really good song. But I will say that I think that... Yes, this is a great song. But I feel like there's still, like, songwriting-wise, one more breakthrough to happen. And it happens with the next album. This, hmm. this They're still stuck in this... The, the production and is innovative, but the songwriting still hasn't become... What do you not like about the songwriting in this particular song? The lyrics? The, the way he's saying, oh, ho, ho, instead of singing actual lyrics? Would you no. prefer he be quoting Proust? Maybe this is not the greatest example. Okay, because well, this is a really, really good song. Let's go to track two. Then you got Pride in the Name of Love. Okay. Classic. Which I gotta say, like, I love this song. I think, like, the live version from Rattle and Hum is way better. That's a great version. I will say that. I okay. feel like this... The production on this album is is really good, but it's not fully integrated. As it's, rocking as you want it to be. Well, no, it just feels a little antiseptic. Okay. Here we go to Wire. Now, the, I, I say the first five songs on this record, impeccable, this, unimpeachable. This, to me, sounds like a song from Boy or October that's been produced really well. I, love I don't think it's song. a great song. Which, by the way, this is the first time that his signature guitar playing, it really clicks in. Yeah. You know, with the reverb. The ding 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 the, the kind of reverb pedal he's using. But he do, didn't, do you he, see what I mean about like this being kind of an early-ish U2 song? Like, the songwriting just isn't that... I don't know. It isn't this, as... And, this is a, Harris, you got something for this? This is the Chili Peppers? Shut up. All right. Nice day. All right. Here we go to the unforgettable fire. Sort of a, a uh, it was a single, but didn't do well. Now, this is this is second only to Pride in the Name of Love, as far as I'm concerned. This is a great song. See, I, I think every song on Joshua Tree is better than this song. Wow. Is well, Joshua Tree that that's the best album? No, I mean we've talked about it. We we don't know. We haven't discovered it yet. It's like they're Michael Jackson. It's it's the album that sold like fifty million copies. Or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's not like a true fan's favorite album. Well, I don't know. I would say a lot of fans. How can you disagree with it? No, you can't. It's it's, it's like saying you don't like Ziggy, Ziggy Stardust or the White Album or something. Yeah, you know. What's what's the other contender? Well, we talked a lot about War last time. War is the other contender. This is a fan favorite, Unforgettable Fire. And I, I, I think, think it's slightly... I think, you know what a lot of people would say would be, Achtung! Baby! There's no way. Oh, yeah. Oh, people, I think that would be a lot of people's favorite. Okay. I think Achtung Baby is pretty perfect. Wait, yeah. do you mean... Achtung! Baby! Baby! 
All right, this is kind of a mellow one, but I love the vibe of this. What is and this song? Promenade. Right. And I think once it gets into the, the chorus, it's fantastic as well. We, we don't have time for that. And then Fourth of July, another great song. This was a jam that Brian Eno recorded. Apparently, he record, they were just fucking around the studio. He recorded it, mastered it, and put it to tape so that no overdubs could happen because he just thought it was like, really? this is perfect. I don't want the band fucking around with this This anymore. is just an instrumental? This is just an instrumental, yeah. See, I think that... I think that the next album, they take this experimentation and really... Adwords? It gels... <laughs> no, it gels into true, like, greatness. Whereas mm-hmm. this is them getting used to this this new way of approaching... I love recording. this When was song. this album recorded? When? Yeah. 1983, I would think. Oh. Yeah. So he's a 23-year-old. They're he's all a little boy. He's a little... Not as little as me. Yeah. Well, you I mean, were two feet tall. He was... <laughs> Me? He was three feet at least. Yeah. I was, I'm, what, three years younger than you? So I was. You were one foot. I was one foot tall. Yeah, that's the ratio is three years younger, one foot shorter. I was just a little zygote waddling around. Yeah. Uh, Okay, then we have uh, Side Two starts with, again, one of the best. One one of their best songs. But again, I think the version on Wide Awake in America is better. That. See, all the live versions of these songs well, that feel is, so much more alive. I think this album is a little, like, stilted. That is something they talked about. They 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 sort of figured out how to play these songs live, and they opened them up and yeah. became... Because the version on Wide Awake in America... That's fantastic. Amazing. Yeah. And this is the song they played... We said we were going to talk about Live Aid. This is the song they played for Live Aid that made them superstars. Yeah. Up, live bef- hands you live, make a Live Aid. Uh, <laughs> are you okay? We'll see him more on the next episode. <laughs> but okay, but there's a very significant thing that happened at Live Aid. Okay, was. here's what here's what happens at Live Aid. They they go on in the middle of the day. They're not superstars at this point. You, right. you have think about all the people who went on after them at Live Aid. Queen, uh, David Bowie. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, I think I think even Duran Duran went after them. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're they're not big, right? They do Live Aid. They come off stage. They go, wow, we fucked that up. They're quoted as saying, we messed up Live Aid. They thought they did a terrible, shitty job of it. Really? And messed it up. Yes. What happens is during this song, Bono goes out into the crowd. I don't know if this is premeditated because I feel like he did it in a few shows. I feel like it was premeditated. Yeah, that was like his thing. His thing. But at the, the time, it just seemed so cool. He goes out into the crowd finds a woman in the front row and while the band plays the song behind them he just hugs her yes and she's crying because it's like it's fucking live aid it's the middle of the summer it's hot as fuck and bono this weirdo from liverpool comes over one of the original lads from liverpool the fab four the fab four comes over you got a rock star she's been looking up at his, you know, from Buttocks below. And, and nostrils. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bucks and nostrils. That's all she's seen up to this point. He comes down into the crowd, hugs her. She's crying. It's a lot like, uh, uh, we'll talk about this in a further episode, but uh, uh, your castmate on Parks and Recreation, Amy Poehler, I remember when you two played on SNL and she was on oh, SNL. Yeah. He did that to her. He did that. If some, he didn't come over and hug her, but... He did. I, he did hug yeah. her? Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe that was off camera. Well, the part I remember is they played a third song. Something about being that close to what's happening. Yeah. It made her cry. 
I think it's just like the situation and you have this one of the biggest stars in the world there and it just makes you like melt yeah. down. Well, here's the thing I was going to say that was significant about Live Aid is at the time... The you call it Live Aid? Live Aid. <laughs> the Police, the biggest band in the world. Oh, the, the band The Police. Without okay. question, finished their set and as they were finishing, U2 walks out and the police hand their instruments over to U2 mm-hmm. for them to finish the song, and then start their set. So they were anointed, because the police were like, we hate each other and we're done, Mm -hmm. and they were passing the baton saying, these guys are the next big ones. Right. they had to play that whole show with batons. Yeah. It it, it was a difficult, that's one of the reasons they thought they fucked up is because it was all baton (laughs) baton work. (laughs) They were hitting the strings of their guitars with the batons. So So that's a thing you want to happen at a U2 show is he hugs you, you want, like, that... That's a thing. Well, I mean, it's like no, he did. I remember he did he it for he did it for like a year. That whole tour. No, he did Octoon Baby. He did the same thing. He, he did would bring thing. a girl up on stage and Does just he, hug and he them. Sings and he just hugs them. That's weird. It's a little weird. Yeah, especially he's been doing a whole show. He's probably a little stinky. Yeah, he's yeah. probably needs a little touch of the Irish Spring, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> the soap. Hey, how about we play the version of Bad from Unforge- from uh, Wide Awake in America? All right, let's see if we can do that. Here we go. Oh, do you think you can do that? Jesus. <laughs> Is it true that he mailed his hat one time, first class, on an airplane? You mean bought he, a ticket for his hat yeah. on an airplane? I don't know. Did he, he mail his that hat? That he left it behind in Australia. And so he bought a first, just put it in coach. Yeah. They buckled it in and everything. <laughs> really? That's they the, had to do that? That's the story. <laughs> There's no way. That has to be bullshit. First of all, on this live version of Bad, you got these uh, keyboards. Yeah. Edition, which sound, sound pretty good. You can hear the hand claps from the crowd. Oh, was that the crowd? I assume that was the Temptations behind them. Oh, it might be the Temptations. That's a good song. Bad is one of the greatest songs that they do, in my opinion. But yeah. then you start to get into some dodgy material on the Unforgettable Fire. Oh, you got, towards the end. Well, after, well okay. after the, gonna... the second side is bad, then two shitty songs, Mm-mm. and then MLK. Elvis Presley in America is awesome. Really? Put that I just, on. I just listened to it today. I, I don't think know. it's really good. That's the one I would always put on mixes for girls. You you and your girl mixes, by the way. <laughs> did, did you remember anything else from the story that we talked about last time about you writing, plagiarizing, oh, yeah. being <laughs> the, the Shia LaBeouf of Dire Straits? Harris, basically, he would write down lyrics mm. and call them poems he'd read, written. No. <laughs> and then he got busted you by gotta, the girls. You got to do a skywriting apology to Dire Straits. I do. I think I will. All right, this is Elvis Presley in America. I think this is good. And gr- and the girls would be like, this song's crazy. Who is this? It'd be like, it's you too. I've never heard this song. Yeah, well, I'm I have all their stuff. Can I fuck you now? <laughs> All right. This is this is good. It's very. Uh, I don't know. You don't like this one. It's not really a. I mean, there isn't really a chorus. Yeah, I don't know that I love the. It sounds like it's half finished, which I think that Bono did talk about in some of the stuff I've read about this record. He felt a lot of the songs were half finished. They say that. Whenever an album doesn't like, well, especially it, pop. Pop was not yeah. ready. They what happens with a lot of these? You know what's interesting? And we, we we haven't talked about this. These guys take years yeah. to do these records now. Like, 
like they they just sit around digging around in the studio. Who can afford that? These guys, obviously. But well, like, it, think... it's a lot like, I don't know if you watch Parenthood, one of your sister shows. Yeah. But they have this subplot that's been going on all season about a band oh, yeah. who's at the, the luncheonette yeah. who's recording their record. You, We all know how the music industry actually works. They probably have seven days in the studio to right. do this. They've been recording it all year. Like right. they're doing a U2 schedule where they're like, we have one month to finish one song. But is that band in the context of the show, are they supposed to be a big successful band no they're not oh they're not they no one's ever heard of them and they and they i mean they they've been recording this record for a year now it's crazy um the uh let me play a little mlk while you figure out what oh, the MLK fuck you're going to say beautiful <laughs> very beautiful song what were you going to say i like the your uh imitation of what a girl would say to me after i play the <laughs> Elvis Presley in America. What would they say? No, you would say, can I fuck you now? <laughs> they go, yeah. <laughs> or no. More likely, yeah. Everything you, it's a lot like your conversations with Naomi, I'm sure. It's just like, yeah. just stop talking about you two. Yeah. And get in me. Go ahead. <laughs> um, There's a very nice moment in Rattle and Hum when he sings this mm-hmm. before... With or without you or something? Something like that. We'll talk about Rattle and Hum. Oh, will we? Will we? We'll get to all of this. That is Unforgettable Fire. So you think that it's just, it's tentative, the production is tentative, and it's not what I think it it's them not quite comfortable with this new kind of recording scheme. It's groundbreaking. I'm glad it's there. I love the sound of it. There yeah. is still some of that slap at a bass, as your I friend know. Paul and Rudd talked about <laughs> and, and that's gone in joshua Tree. it's gone in joshua and we'll talk about why in our next episode yep but there is a bit of yeah i noticed that today when i was listening to it i still love i love the sound of the record i love the songwriting on the record it sounds like it's a sentimental favorite for you it may be i but every time i return to it i love those first four songs yeah so much and bad those are are Five of my favorite U2 songs, I think. So for some reason, it's a sentimental favorite. Although, as we're going along in this podcast, we've been rediscovering records and figuring out what we like. So, I mean, at this point, I will say War is more consistent, but I just love five, if not eight, of these songs so much that so far it's my favorite. Well, next episode, I'm going to make a case for Rattle and Hum the album. Rattle and Hum the album? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I understand the movie. One of the greatest movies. Maybe we should go back to I Love Films. Sure. Okay. This is I Love Films. All right. We're here uh, in I Love Films. I'm your host, Scott. Hi. This is Scott. And, uh, oh, who do we have here? Uh, we have our guest. Scott? Oh, yeah. It's Scott. Hey, Scott. Hey. Uh and Hum, probably the best movie ever made. By far. Never um, seen I th- it. I think it's Godfather. Uh, Rattle and Hum, mm-hmm. and Baby Geniuses. <laughs> those are the three. Uh, those are the three Godfather movies. <laughs> yep. well, they really are. This has been I Love Films. Thanks. All right, great episode of I Love Films. I love films. <laughs> I don't know if we talked about it that much on that episode. But I love I Love Films. I, I feel like we should probably do that podcast real fast. <laughs> we probably should. Hey.
That was a good episode of I Love Films. Yeah. Hey, this is uh, what I guess I'm. Are you the host of I Love yeah, I Love I'm, Films? I'm the fucking host of I Love I Love. <laughs> okay, well, I guess we're just guests. I'm Scott. Hi, Scott. Hey, I'm Scott. Thanks for having this podcast just about how much you like our podcast. Yeah, I think it's it's great. Yeah, well, I like it too, but not as much as I love films. Me neither. Well, I don't love anything as much as I love films except my kids. Well, <laughs> this has been that episode. <laughs> oh, that was a good episode. <laughs> you That was an abrupt finish. <laughs> Gotta get, make way for the ads. It's all about dollars, baby. So uh, our... Guest for our next episode arrived a little early. A little early, so we're going to hear from him. Truly did it. Truly arrived uh, right on time. <laughs> no, you were you two minutes early. Probably talked for oh, I'd say an hour longer than you planned on. <laughs> Maybe we might About have one album. <laughs> but hey, if you didn't enjoy it, you know, Fuck ask you. for your money back. Oh well, I was going the other way. <laughs> I was going to apologize. <laughs> yeah, I should apologize for that in advance because I think there's a pretty good chance uh, some people won't enjoy this. <laughs> I don't know. Guys, this has been fun. Very fun. You know, we talked about you too. We, uh, we we didn't get to one of our favorite features, but I promise me. I promise me? I promise we will get to... Is this a YouTube video or a YouTube video? <laughs> no, it's not. I promise you uh, we will catch up with Adam about Harry Potter in our next episode. Um, we're going to hear just how far he's progressed uh, in the series. Did and, we talk uh, about that in the last episode? Oh, yeah. Have any mem- it was four years ago. It was four years ago. We're going to talk about Harry Potter. Hopefully you've read all of them at this point. At this at, at, at Four, year, four yeah, years ago, four years. you did not even know that he was the boy who lived. You knew Voldemort. Right. But you did not. You said the boy who lived. What's that? So I assume you'd read one page of Harry Potter and then said, yeah, I'm reading the Harry no, Potter. No, I read the first one and started the second one. With my son. I'm not doing this by myself. Okay. You know, I mean, you know, don't be ashamed of reading Harry Potter. I'm, I'm not – listen, there are, there are some things that a person can be ashamed of. Reading should not be one of them. And it's a shame that in this country that you're shamed for it. It's, so a, sh- it's, a, sh- it's a shame the, – the, can we start our education podcast? Yeah, we should definitely start that. What What's that going to be called? Education. Education? Yeah. Education. Education. Hey, I'm education. Ed. Education. Hey, I'm Ed Hardy. <laughs> I think it's fucked up that our, our country encourages people to discover new emojis, <laughs> and there's books out there that aren't being read. It's like, instead of texting an emoji next time you want to text an emoji to a friend text a book text a book and emailing is pretty simple i don't know if we've talked about it at all but it's a pretty simple process yeah hey this is ed flavors i think that texting i think that iphones i think that all this stuff all this technology is supposed to bring us closer together is actually pushing us away from oh each other. Oh my god, you're right. Okay? Mm. Here's what I think. I think everyone should pick up a book, mm-hmm. pick up a newspaper, a real newspaper, not Yeah, not app. one of these cyber newspapers. No, nothing like that. Yeah, like no I want to see the ink on my fingers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. the smell of that ink. Ugh. The, I love hands. to lick my fingers after. You rub them all over you. You stick them up you. You, you <laughs> got ink still yeah. residue. Yeah, I love just God. ink. An inky put, butthole. Just, oh, just you put, put in all my that body. ink in your butthole and then you <laughs> just go to, you go home. Hey, Bono, if you're listening, <laughs> 
hit us up. We want backstage <laughs> passes. T-shirts. 90 minutes of your time. Stop tell them about the T-shirts. Is this about how you kind of saw that we got backstage <laughs> yes. with Fish, and so you decided to start look. a YouTube podcast? Yes. <laughs> this is pathetic. By the way, look, when is that, when is that Hollywood yes. Bowl? I don't know. It may be out by the time people hear this. I have no idea. But look, I'm going to tell them about the T-shirts. Look, you're, stop poking me. I'm going to tell them. Bono, we, we want two free T-shirts. That's why you're doing this? We, we, want, the, you we two want you two T-shirts, not just any T-shirts. I would take just a normal T-shirt. But you must both have several U2 T-shirts they're by now. They're $45. They're, $45. they're expensive oh, oh. now. <laughs> Bono, if you're listening, we're big fans. We've talked about I'll you at t-shirts. length. I'll tell them. I'll tell them about the T-shirts. Bono, don't go over to the t-shirts. merch table. Okay. Why are you, why are you, okay. uh, why are you whispering this to him? <laughs> I don't want to upset him. Bono, don't we, forget uh, the T-shirts. <laughs> okay. I think he was about to tell him that time. Bono, we just want backstage passes. <laughs> All right. Well, backstage passes, at least 90 minutes of your time. I'll get to them. Give us two t-shirts. We just want two t-shirts. Go. I'm a medium. Medium for Scott, large for Scott. We'll pay full price. (laughs) Wait, you want a t-shirt too? You have to say so. Now's the time. Now's the time. He's listening. Obviously, I want a t-shirt. Harris wants a t-shirt. freezing. Extra small. (laughs) Why did you come... Without a shirt on. To, that's a, it's a little weird. I thought that there would be U2 shirts here. Well, guys, that's been our episode. This has been a good one, I got to say. This is maybe... We got halfway through what we were <laughs> what supposed we had planned, Which was not even what we were supposed to do. I think that's what the people like. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But I do want to say uh, um, this has been another episode of you talking U2 to me. And... I'm your host, Scott, and for my co-host, Scott, I hope that you found what you're looking for. We'll see you next episode with special guest star Harris Whittles. Goodbye, The Edge. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And Thank your fans. Thank your fans. And uh, oh, I'd like to say thank you to my fans. I'd like to say thank you to my family. I'd like to say thank you to my friends. Your agents. Uh, <laughs> Don't I'd like forget to, them. I'd like to it's say important. thank you to my team. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Scott saying, you talking, you two to me. <laughs> See you next time. This has been an Earwolf Media production. Executive producers Jeff Ulrich and Scott Aukerman. For more information, visit Earwolf.com. EarwolfRadio.com The Wolf Dead. Hey, Queeros, it's me, Cami Esposito, and I'm here to tell you about my podcast, Query. You can sit in on hour-long conversations between me, Cameron Esposito, and some of the brightest luminaries 
in the LGBTQ family. Query explores individual stories of identity, personality, and the shifting cultural matrix around gender, sexuality, and civil rights. Plus, it is fun. We have had some incredible guests. Uh, Emmy winner Lena Waithe? Yes, definitely. Congressman Mark Takano? You bet. Outward creator Eileen Shaken? Yes. President and CEO of Glad Sarah Kate Ellis? We definitely have. We've got celebs, people like Trixie Mattel, Evan Rachel Wood, Tegan and Sarah, the band, and the people separately on two different episodes. We also have activists and change makers in our community. I think it's a one-of-a-kind show full of chats you have never heard before. It's identity, it's community, it's query. You can find query every Monday on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.